There we go. And that is us live, I think. Thank you, everyone, for watching. First of all, this is the MMA UK Late Show coming at you every Sunday. My name is Lewis Smith, and tonight we're going to be talking about some of the younger prospects coming through on the MMA scene across the UK. We're all very excited. This is one of the things that we love to do. Um, you know, you, you talk about young fighters, and then, you know, we mentioned these guys, and a couple of years later, sometimes we get Jack Shaws, Stevie Ray's, uh, Paddy Pimlet. So we, we love to talk about younger fighters on here. And uh, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing tonight. Uh, joining me tonight, I've got some some great guests and very knowledgeable people as well. Uh, first of all, high level coach, MMA legend James Doolan. James, how are you getting on, buddy? I'm good, man. Thanks for having us on. No worries. How's the lockdown treating you, James? Uh, I need a haircut. Really bad. My hair's fucking all over the place. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared, <laughs> scared to shave it off in case it doesn't grow back. Um, well, I, I've been, I've been the same. I've been the same. I'm, I'm looking like a bit of a Lego man at the minute. So, <laughs> still looks better than me. <laughs> how's, uh, how's it been with no training, James? How, how are you feeling, buddy? Uh, it's been tough. Um, I've been tra- like taking over training myself, and then I've been programming a lot of stuff for the guys to train on their own, like sending them kind of workouts and stuff and we've got a couple of really good strength conditioning guys who are sending them all our fighters stuff and all our students stuff just try to keep them involved but it's it's been such a weird time like I can't I've, I've been involved in martial arts for about 30 odd years and it's the biggest gap I've had um, yeah. away from the gym away from my students and stuff like that it's been really weird yeah well thank you for taking the time to come on with us buddy we do appreciate it and uh, we look forward to your insights so thanks for that Kate no worries Kate, Katie Hunter in control Hi. of the te- in control of the technology side of this uh, podcast this evening, first time. Um, <laughs> how, how have you been, Katie? You all right? I'm really good. I am really nervous about driving tonight, so I apologise if it's not as slick and as smooth as um, as when Frankie's in control. But I'm going to do my best for you guys because I think this is an awesome topic. Glenn's idea to do a show on this and I will say I'm not as eloquent as the other three so please still go and check out my prospects even if I don't do a good job of of uh, talking about them as sort of selling them as fighters please go and check them out because they're amazing and, and you won't be disappointed. Excellent and last but certainly not least is uh, Glenn Sledge. Uh, Glenn, What's going down? What's how are you buddy? Oh I'm good Lou how are you? Yeah, not too bad. How how did you come up with this idea then, Glenn, that we're going to talk about these young fighters on a podcast? Let, let's have to hear it. Um, so, you know the drill. Like, I mean, I've only started doing this so I can help the grassroots of MMA. I mean, everyone knows how hard it is to get your name up there. Like, especially, like, so with me, I come through the rugby scene, so I made loads of friends. So when I'm going to go and fight, I sell loads of tickets to my rugby friends. There's people now who are doing MMA from like 14. They haven't got time to make as many friends through sport or rugby. So, you know, they're only, they're only friends of people in the gym. So all the help we can give them, is they, they're going to need this sort of thing. So if yeah. we can talk about them and get their name out there, and if, if they pick up five or ten more people on their on the fan pages or whatever, <coughs> that's my job then, I think. Yeah, great idea, Glenn, and I look forward to hearing your, your oh. picks for this evening. Anyway, um, one, back, one thing i got to say, Glenn... Glenn, one thing I gotta say just before I let you get on with a Lego head comment is that we've got <laughs> you knew it. <laughs> we've got a sponsor tonight. As you might see up in the top right hand corner, Fight Fuel. Uh, these guys are a supplement and clothing company. Um, the aim of the company is to supply supplements and clothing for the highest standard, um, so people can train and win. So yeah, go check those guys out. Get your clothes, get your supplements. 
and a uh, big shout out to Fight Fail. So thank you for that, guys. Um, but Glenn, go on, take it away. Get get out of the way before we start. <laughs> no, oh, if it's so obvious, I'm not even gonna say that you look like a guy up like a ruin. <laughs> Everything is awesome. <laughs> yeah. There we are. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll leave so it. Let's start this off then. James Doolan, um, what amateur guys have you got up in Scotland for us to talk about tonight? Who, who should be people looking out for up there? Uh, I've to narrow it down to two, right? So just two. Yeah, if you, want, if you want to focus on two those. and give a, give a couple of mentions as well, it's, it's completely up to you, buddy. Cool. Right. So there is quite a, there's quite a strong amateur scene up here just now. Um, I, the same as everywhere else, the standard of the amateurs now is probably comparable with the, the pro level guys from about five to ten years ago. Um and, and some of the kids coming through are, are absolutely frightening. Um the, the two that stand out for me are it's kind of biased because they're in my gym, but um the first one's a kid called Mark Ewan. Um he's seventy kilos he's a lightweight at seventy kilos. Um I think he's had about thirteen, fourteen fights now. He's a made for the cage British champion. He's when he's last nine fights I think he's on a nine fight winning streak. Um I think Tapology has him. They had him at number two at his, at his weight. It's maybe a three or four now. I'm not too sure how their rankings work, but I'd put him with any of the guys above him in the, the rankings now. Um, so he's the main guy. He's just freak athlete, um, super dedicated kid, really smart kid. He's had boxing fights. He's he's uh, been taking submission grappling matches. He's a Thai fight in Thailand. Um, and the, the reason I picked him is not, not just because of what I see him doing in these fights. It's for the last couple of camps I've had for Stevie Ray, especially the Michael Johnson one. Mark was his, his main training partner. And he did a, a athletic fast southpaw. Um, and we'd done up, Stevie does all his camps at home now. So we had Mark and we brought in a, an excellent professional boxer, Kieran Smith. But 90% of Stevie's work for for Michael Johnson was Mark Ewan, this kid. Um, and then we go over there and Michael Johnson turns up with Gilbert Burns and he's got Chandler in his corner and Henry <laughs> Hoof and shit. We, went. So we, we used an amateur kid, basically, as your, your, your chief sparring partner. And obviously, Stevie went, went and won the fight, so it paid off. But everybody in Scotland's aware of how good this kid is. Um, I think he's, he's fought in the last couple on talk shows and stuff like that. Um he was looking at maybe getting a run at the IMAF stuff this year before obviously the COVID thing shut it down. Um, and then potentially he's, he's keen to turn pro as quick as possible. Um, so he, he's my first guy. It's Mark Ewan. Um, my second guy, is, it's a, it was quite another easy pick actually. It was a, a kid we've got up here called Sean Clancy. He's just turned 17 years old. Um, he's free and all, free stoppages. He's fought, everybody's fought's older than him. Um, we've had to bring in guys. He's fought an Icelandic guy and stuff like that because matching him at, at, when he was 16 was a problem. It's 70 kilos, 75 kilos now. Um, but he's in the gym. He's, I actually used to train his dad. His dad had some fights, um, which is how old I am. Um, and then his, his kid's been in the gym <laughs> since he was about 13. Um, and again, he, he fits in with our, our pro fighters, so he's sparring with the guys that are in the UFC and Bellator already. He's 17. He's going to be bigger than him. He's, I think he's about six foot four already or something. Um, and just falling out. So he's probably going to end up a light heavyweight, I think. Um, Does he have a brother that's training as well, James? There's going to be a lot of them. There's five of them. There's five brothers. <laughs> um, 
Sean's wow. oldest. Sean's oldest. rivalry is finest. Yeah. <laughs> um, his, his brother Logan's also training and his younger brother Stephen. So the, the three of them are in the gym and it, it looks like Stephen, like every every kind of generation or every gap you go down, the, the kids are getting better. So Stephen's like 13, mm. I think. It looks frightening. And then he's got two I'm, wee twin brothers. I'm going to guess if they got a sister, she's going to be single forever. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody's going to want to fuck with her, let me tell you. No, it's like, uh, they've actually, they've got a baby sister, actually. Which is... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't ask more, son. Yeah, yeah no. This, this kid travels, we're in, we're in Bathgate, West Lovie, and this kid stays in Paisley, so it's a... Uh, he comes in in his school blazer and stuff like that, and it's it's almost a fifty mile drive to just to the gym and then fifty yeah. miles back. So he's he's leaving the house in the morning, going to school, turning up at training, and then somebody comes to pick him up in the evening. So the the kind of level of dedication that the kids got is frightening for for fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, and he's just turned seventeen. Yeah, I, I know, James. I know you said like there's there's a big appetite for it up in Scotland and a lot of development coming through. Do you, do you sort of think this COVID will have any sort of effect on that with the time off? Or, or do you think it could be a positive thing on, on the flip side of that? I know, uh, speaking from experience, my guys are all super keen to get back in the gym. Um, you're starting to see some fight shows now are announcing dates and stuff. I think uh, Celtic Gladiators just put up a, a post mm. saying they were looking to match. Um, so these guys are... As soon as the guys are seeing that, they're messaging me saying, like, get me on that show type of thing. Um, we were also toying with the idea of, of putting fights on in the gym between some of the Scottish teams um, and just bringing in officials and whatever else, just having no crowd. We've got a, we've got a full-size cage in the gym. So we're going to do that and record everything on topology and stuff as well, just to keep the guys busy. Obviously, whenever the government allow us to do it, but um, I, I think it should... It depends how much longer it goes on, I think, man. I think if we can go back to normal pretty quick, <laughs> it, it shouldn't make too much of a gap. I, there's a couple of guys I feel really sorry for. Like obviously, the, the guys who were planning on doing the IMAF stuff this year, um, mm. some of the pro guys that are a wee bit older as well, like their, their careers are kind of jammed up. It's it's almost robbed them of half a year to potentially a year. Do they give I, you any, any sort of timescale for it, James, as, as to when you know we could be sort of seeing guys back in the gym... Uh, is there any any sort of indication that you've had yet? We've got uh, we've got our elite guys back in the gym now. Danny Henry's on Fight Island soon, so him and Stevie Ray are in. Um, but regarding like the amateur guys and that, I think with the the way the Scottish government had the phases set out, I think the earliest it can be is the middle of July. That's if the phases go according to plan, and then uh, there's going to be stipulations and and stuff in place there as well. So Christ knows. Yeah, yeah, it's a. It, it, it is a bit of a ball like at this point, but I guess it's one of those things we gotta go through and just try and get back yeah. to as soon as possible, I suppose. Um, yeah. but, but that moves on to our next uh, our next lot of young kids coming through today, and that's from uh, our English, our only English person on the on the <laughs> show tonight. The 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 lone the lone female flying the flag for England, Katie Hunter. Katie, who who have you got up by you? Who we should be having a look out for? I'll apologise in advance because these are very um, weighted towards um, the southeast, which is the area near me. So the yeah. the more local shows that I go to, so it's probably not a fair reflection on the the whole of England. But um, the the people that I've picked as as um, my amateur 
um, ones to watch are the first one's Riri Hudson. She's only one and oh as an amateur. Um, she fought on Cage Warriors Academy Southeast, the last show, um, and she just looked insane. I've been following her on social media for years because she trains at the MMA clinic in Romford, and she's had loads of um, tie fights and, and just competing in different disciplines, and this was her breakout MMA fight, and it lasted 11 seconds. So she just absolutely wowed me because the girl she was fighting as well was a really game opponent. Um, they both went at it. It was insane. And for me, it stole the show of the whole night. But um, her coaches can't say enough good things about her. Apparently, she's, you know, like a, a model teammate, um, helps everyone in the gym. She's sweet as pie, just such a nice person her family behind her. When we got there for the night and we were sitting in the crowd for some of the early fights, all of the buzz in the room was about her. Everybody was mentioning her fight, which I think before you've even had an MMA fight is, is quite a, a big thing to, you know, for everyone to be talking about you. And she really didn't disappoint. We had a dad on the post-fight interview. Her granddad was crying in front of me. Like it, it was, superb there's there's such a buzz around her and I can't really think of anyone else who's won and know and got this much hype she's such a, a wonderful person really driven as well just um I think James you said it just it's, it's frightening how good some of these youngsters are and it makes me so excited for the future just just watching some of these fights just all of them just seem like they're they're so much further along in in their MMA careers than they are but you just wonder how good they can be and then my, my second one is Chanel Dyer uh, Chanel's not quite um you know as unknown as Riri because she's had a BBC documentary about her already um she was Always on helps. the Price one yeah so they did a, a documentary called Inside the Cage the Rise of Female Fighters and they followed Molly um they followed Corey McKenna and they followed Chanel and Chanel again has been um fighting Thai fights for a long time now. She's just turned 19. She's three and one, three and one as an amateur. Um, and again, just such a cracking mentality. She lost her last fight um, against an amazing opponent. And I could just tell instantly that that was gonna be taken the right way by her because she was, she was devastated, but I'd, I knew that she was gonna learn from it. She's just got such a great mindset. And she was actually training out in Thailand, bearing in mind she was 18 at the time, from from January until her fight on K-Droids Academy Southeast in March. She was training out at AKA in Thailand. She's just like a sponge, desperate for as much information as she can possibly learn. And it's, it's, it's just amazing, again, to, to watch her in the cage. I haven't gone for two girls on purpose. These were just yeah, two people yeah. that really, really stand out for me as just, you know, really going to make their mark on the game. And I'm grinning just talking about them. <laughs> Take you ask, you, you were obviously you're in the southeast. You train at a couple of gyms up there. Do you notice now, obviously, MMA is becoming bigger. We talk about sort of younger kids 
on the whole getting better and getting more in numbers. Do you notice there's yeah. more females coming through in the in the amateur and pro ranks now up with you guys? Yeah, there's a few more than there used to be. It's still very lopsided in terms of, of how many there are, but there's, you know, promoters are willing to put them on the card. It's just, you know, whether whether they're available to fight. It's a much smaller, like, pool of people to begin with. So if your opponent pulls out, it might mean the fight's off rather than you can get a replacement. It's not, I don't think it's as easy to, to replace people on the female team. Mm. Oh, fair play. So it's good, it's good to hear, like I said, it's... It's definitely something I've noticed sort of watching shows that like I got the Cage Warriors down in Cardiff and they put on quite a quite a big amateur card and the fights you see on there are just so, so high level. Like James said, it's, it, it is scary. That's the only way you can say it. So it's scary, yeah. but it's also exciting. And uh, it's something that we've been obviously down in Wales, which I want to come to Glenn next. We've been very lucky down here. We've had sort of Cage Warriors move in. I think they took obviously over the Pain Pit brand. So we've had a lot of sort of local shows in, in local ledge centres, but... We've also been blessed that we've had these ice arena shows as well, big cards. And it, there's a huge buzz for it down here as well. So, I mean, with, with that being said, Glenn, who, who's the guys who you've picked to really kind of take up the mantles now over the next couple of years from the Jack Shores, from the Mason Joneses? Who, who's the guys you think could be um, just stepping up for Wales over the next couple of years? Well, there's a few I think that's going to fill in for them, but they're pros, so I'll keep them for last. Um, but the amateurs, I mean, obviously... There's one in my gym who um, I don't like being biased, but Reese's, I think, um, through COR, Reese's works. I don't mean like um, just how hard he trains or how hard he's willing to learn and go places and do some himself. He, he turns up early all the time. And I like I hate people who are not on time. He's always early. He listens to everything a coach got to say. He helps his teammates and he just goes home. He doesn't win for anything, even when he's in, you know, when he's really dead there and, and really working hard. He's never moans. If somebody tells him he's got to do more work, then he does it and he just goes about it. Um, he's two of, his better, two of his mates are boxers. One of, them, one of them is a pro boxer. So he's boxing down the gym as well and he's learning. He's working on his weaknesses all the time. Even if he's got to go and travel away to work on his wrestling, he works on everything. So Risa was just definitely, he was meant to fight um, Mitchell Good for his Cage Warriors Academy Wales title and he, he was pulled a week before so he was gutted for him. And that was um, middleweight, wasn't it, Glenn? Middleweight, yeah. But, but Kate, like Katie touched on this last week, a week before last, middleweight down here would be well to wait up with her because the day before we in, on day we had to be all same day. So she's middleweight there. Yeah. But um, yeah, again, it's just how hard he trains and how much work he puts in. Um, and, and the other one then is a guy from uh, CF24, is uh, Josh O'Connor. Um, we try and like build a bit of a wrap up with them. I've, I've I've started going to places and watching people train and train train elsewhere as well. And that, that just impressed how good Josh is. If you've seen his, his wrestling and how much he's working on everything else, I think he's fighting. He was meant to fight the guy called Zach Holman for the title on the same show. Um, and I've watched Zach loads of times on the same shows I've been fighting on. He's very good. Right? I think that would be a great fight. But I think Josh Corner is going to be a star. He's been doing judo since he was young. Um, his father is well known around Europe with the judo circuit. He's got good pedigree of wrestling. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm not 100% that he takes the wrestling down in CF24 as well. But and, and I think he's only something like 19 or 20. He's not that old. And uh, and he's coaching the wrestling, so that tells all you need to know. But yeah, he's, he's very good, he is. Yeah, no, fair play. I know, obviously, we're, we're kind of doubling up a little bit, Glenn, because we're, we're both from Wales. We're not 
really too far apart, but the two guys I picked were both from uh, Show Mixed Martial Arts. Two, two, <laughs> two, two young guys who I've, se- I've seen train quite a lot. Um, two guys, teenagers. And it, in a way, it kind of feels like when you mention them sometimes at this level, it's, is it a little bit too much pressure? But Can I, I, think can I guess one? Can I guess go on, one? Go on. Is it, your, is it gangster number two? No, no. So I'll, no. I'll, 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 I'll go straight into who these guys are. The first one I wanted to mention is a guy I've seen a lot. His name is Kenzie Jones. Um, yeah. He's a featherweight. He's a 2 0 amateur and he's very, very good. I've heard Shaky compare him to Jack Shaw many times. He's just, he's really got that. He's got that X factor about him. Um, very tough. Only 2 0, like you said. It's, it's one of those things you can't really say too much at that stage. But um, for me, I just wanted to sort of drop, drop the name in there and say to people, you know, look out, Kenzie Jones. Um, people are really excited about him down here. And the second one is a guy who's only 1 0. Um, so again, it's, it is a lot of pressure to put on, but at the same time, you know, we, we want to be the guys on this show to say we've we seen it first. So the other one is a guy called uh, Levi Bachelor, very, very good fighter. Both teenagers, they both train together. Uh, Kenzie's obviously a featherweight and Levi's a bantamweight. So these guys are both, you know, very, very promising guys oh, to look out for. For me as well, Lou, right? I mean, you say they won and all and two and all. With like the grappling strikes and strike and Smiths coming yeah. back now. They get in the pedigree through there. So whether somebody might be 4-0 as a unified amateur, they haven't had any grappling strikes, no headshots once. They don't get recorded. These guys, I'm pretty yeah. sure Levi and... Levi's um, had a couple on strike and some mess. He's, he's, yeah, he, made, he impressed me down here. Yeah. He is really good. He is, yeah. And Kenzie, I think I, I got the right one when he mentioned him. I think he fought in Abraham with us. And did he fight down in, in the Lido? I don't, think Ken, I don't think Kenzie did. I know Levi did, and he got a submission that night. And Levi yeah. also fought on Cage Warriors 108, and he got a darts choke in that one. So, uh, and that's that's a big card as well. That was I'm, I'm sure that was the night Jack Shaw uh, beat Scott Malone. So, or oh, it might have been the one Mason won, won the main event. So, big yeah. cards in front of big crowds, and uh, these these guys are winning big sh- on, on big shows now. So, like I said, it's it's great to see these guys coming through. And um, yeah, while we're on the subject, can I ask you something? Go on, ask away, Glenn. James, do you have um, no head shots and grappling strike shows up with you? And what are your thoughts on that, mate? We don't have that up here at all, mate. Um, we, to be honest, the last couple of years, the the Scottish scene has not been that great. There's there's been less and less shows. Um, we've we've started travelling again more more to the kind of north of England and stuff, but there's not a lot on. The we've been trying to keep our guys busy in, in grappling competitions, uh, sub only yeah. and, and stuff like that. But there's there's a there's definitely a gap in the market for something like that up here. I started it, coming back here, and uh, I like um we had that into clubs here that was busy. Shakey's had into clubs in his gym, and I'm pretty sure they are like hundred people signing up straight away. So it's like fifty yeah. fights or something. It's ridiculous how the first one was. So yeah. you know it's just there's definitely a gap in the market, and it gives people a chance to have a little taste of what it's like before going in and seeing the lights and thinking and being like dumbfounded by what. I wanted to ask you on that, Glenn, because I've I've heard people criticise no headshot rules. Um, I I I personally think it's a good thing for for the reasons you just said. But I've heard people say that, and I'd like to sort of hear James's opinion on this as well. That when you fight with no headshots, it kind of gives you a, a misjudgment for when then you get into a fight with headshots, and it it can be detrimental. Bollocks. What, what what's your thoughts on that, guys? I actually I fought with headshots back in I think it was like two thousand and one that when I. I was I had been kickboxing and, and some Thai fights and uh my first five kind of MMA bouts was no headshots. It was like amateur rules at the time, um, and it, it did kind of favour the grapplers. But I was just going in and, and 
get an experience. Um, it, it was less risky than jumping straight into to maybe getting punched in the head while I was trying to learn how to grapple and stuff like that. And it was on a mat as well, which which was kind of making it start and stop and stuff. But I think it definitely served me well. <laughs> it, 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 it made me go learn jiu-jitsu straight away because the first, the first one or two I'd done, I, I had been watching UFC and I'd been, I knew how to guillotine because of Pat Smith. But... Um, I never, I hadn't started grappling at this point, so a judo, a judo boy actually threw me, lay on top of me, and I can remember getting super frustrated at not being able to move, and I probably lost that round, um, and that that made me go learn jiu-jitsu, because I'd never felt that before, eh? so I think there's definitely value in it, especially for maybe guys that have been training less than a year, because what you're finding with some of these amateur guys is that they're amateurs for fucking six or seven years, some of them. Like with mm. ten and fifteen fights, and then you've got other kids coming in and, and want a competitive outlet after maybe six months. So it's, I think there's definitely a, a place for it. Yeah, oh, Glenn, anything I, to add in there? Yeah, I dislike that reason that it sets you up for being punched in the head. You don't say to a boxer like, "Well, you can't do MMA because you've never been kicked in the legs." <laughs> it's bullshit. You still yeah. spar boxing when you have a fight, fight camp, when there's no leg kicks, there's no takedowns. Mm. So. Getting that right in your early days, you're still sparring in a gym headshot, so you know what to do. And, and, and it's, I, I, I think that comment is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm referring to an article, I think it was Ricky Wright wrote it for MMA UK, an article about, uh, I think he was striking some mitt, and there was quite a lot of people who, who did say those comments, which, I mean, I, I was kind of baffled by it, but I mean, it, it did seem to get a lot of people saying the same thing. So it's, it's interesting to see people's different perspective on it. I, I remember the article, right? And I read the article, and I tell you why they said it is because. Because they, they paid to watch us fight and they pay in and they're not seeing people punch in the face. Fair enough, I understand. So as far as Interclub goes, you're not paying £35 for an Interclub ticket. No, it's people to have experience. That show was put on as a fight, fight a strike and make champions night. So it's people that's done five all year, done well, and they fought for belts on that show. So And, and then we had the unified amateurs after. Okay, I understand that they want to stand there and see, you know, have a few beers and seeing people punch in the face. But that's not what it was about. It was about them guys winning into clubs all year and then getting a champions fight night at the end of the year. So back end, when it goes back to the gym, back to the interclubs, I think it starts again and then they might have another one the year after or whatever. Yeah. But them comments was made because they, they, they was there and they expect them to be punched in the face and having a scrap because they don't know the, the technical side of the grappling on the floor, do they? Yeah. And anything to uh, add in there, Katie Hunter? No, I, I imagine this comments for James though. Kieran Malone wants to know who your favourite Russian fighter is. He's wanting me to say him, big Boris. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one's for you too. My husband's taking the piss out of your accents. Who <laughs> <laughs> me? Crack your head in. <laughs> That's Cheers, his impression. <laughs> Big shout out Lee Hunter there. So, yeah, guys, break, breaking this up now, I want to kind of change the subject a little bit. And that is um, something, obviously, again, we come to James to first was the announcement of Fight Island in Abu Dhabi, which has uh, it's, it's been sort of rumoured for a while. We didn't know if it was true, if it was false, if the UFC had bought some crazy island. But, yeah, it turns out there is a Fight Island. We're going to be hopefully getting some big fights on this soon. Uh, James, you're going to be going out there, obviously, with one of your fighters. What, what's your thoughts on this, buddy? Um, I was I was skeptical about it. It seems like it dragged on forever. Like they, they made the announcement <laughs> about it, and then I was like, "Stuff will be back to normal before they find this bloody island." Um, <laughs> and then we Danny was at Danny Henry 
and Stevie were in conference calls with Dana, and uh, well, I think all the fighters were. I know Brett Johns was in the one with Danny, mm. um, and they were basically told, "Let's stay fit, try and keep in shape as best as you can, and we'll keep you busy." So that that kind of prompted us to train. But you you know what it's like for these guys when you've not got a date or an opponent and stuff like that. Um, so I'm glad it's came about. I, I know it's a bit of a cop out that it's. It's like a man-made island I've used before. I was I was wanting some kind of into the dragon thing, which. <laughs> um, but I'm looking forward to going. Some of the fights I've been announcing for are, are absolutely frightening. I've seen more fights announced today, and um, we're on the first one. We're on uh, is it two five one? I think as the first date, the eleventh of July. July 11th. So Danny's fighting uh, Makwa and Amir Khani on that one. Great um, fight, really good fight. It's a good yeah. fight. Um, the only thing I'm pissed about is not. I'm hoping I can go sit in the crowd after it because I want to see the the free title fights. I'm hoping <laughs> I don't need to watch it for the green room because I'd, I'd like to be cage side to see Aldo fight, um, obviously Max fight, and and then the Usman yeah. fight as well. So it's it's like a phenomenal uh, card. Um, it's a great test for Danny with with Macwan. I know he's away for SPG now and stuff. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I just just for people who don't know, that card has got the main event of Kamaru Usman versus Gilbert Burns for the welterweight title, a, a great fight. We've then got a rematch, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway for the featherweight title, a insane fight again, a really close one last time. Um, we've then got Pete Yan versus Jose Aldo, which, again, I mean, this is... Weird fight. It's, Weird, it's a, that's it's not amazing. the right opponent for Yan. That's... Uh, that, that's only come about because Cejudo called him out for his yep. last fight and now they've carried on with it. I just think, no offence to Aldo because he's obviously a legend, but I feel like there are more deserving people in the division at the moment of a title shot. I'm pretty sure there's a third title fight this year. There's, uh, somebody's been given a title fight after coming off a loss. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know, and it, it drives me nuts. And again, I love Frankie Edgar to death, but like they're always giving him title fights where I think, eh? Like, I don't know, just it, it, I, it will be a great fight, but I just think Aljo deserves that shot, in my opinion. It's not like that division's stagnant, it's one of the best divisions. Exactly, in the yeah, yeah. How much are you looking um, forward to this card overall, Keith Hunter? Oh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm a bit gutted it's not on normal time for us being where it is, but um, hopefully the ones after that will will be on a, a good time for us. But, yeah, that card's absolutely stacked. Um, and I'm really buzzing for loads of the fights that are on over the, the whole time of Fight Island. Obviously, Molly's talk us through, got a Talk fight. us through some of them, Katie. Talk us through some. Well, well, yeah, I'm I'm most buzzing for for Molly's fight because I know, um, you know, I, I talked to her a, a fair amount, so I know that she's been doing everything possible to stay ready. She wanted to be the first one back inside the cage when when they started putting on fights. So she's fighting Talia Santos on the fifteenth of July. Fishy's on the same card. Um, yeah, I, I I'm just absolutely buzzing for for all of the Brits getting to go out there and make history like people will be talking you know in years to come like remember fight island when <laughs> when the coronavirus was going on and all of our guys get to go and you know put their stamp on it and there are you know there's no other sports going on so there will be fresh eyes just for 
you know, anybody who's just desperate to see any kind of sport, not just us. So I'm super, super excited that they all get to, you know, put on a, a show for not just the hardcore MMA fans, but everyone. Yeah. And James Hamilton's got a question for uh, yeah. James Doolan, which is, uh, ask James, is he packing his back to 50 for Fight Island? <laughs> oh, I was checking the, the weather. <laughs> 39 degrees, I think, yesterday there. So I think me and <laughs> the only person who'll be in more trouble than me might be Danny. He's a, he's a pasty ginger. Um, <laughs> Who's just shaved his head? He went the he went the I'm going to shave my hair off for quarantine. So I think the two of us will be indoors most of the time. Yeah. Does it fa- does it factor into the training at all, James? Obviously knowing how hot it is out there for, yeah, for Danny's prep. We've been talking about it. Um, he's done Johannesburg a bunch of times in Cape Town, but the it was more the altitude there. The altitude that Johannesburg was an issue, but I don't think you can. It's going to be really hard to prepare for that dry heat. Yeah. Um, the good thing was he's on. It might not be a good thing. He'll be on early in the card, so it's not like the everyone's heating up for the, the whole day. Um, but I'm I'm no I've no idea what this situation will be if it's a kind of outside octagon with like a canopy over it, or if we're in an arena with air conditioning or or whatever. So we'll kind of have to adapt when we get there. Um, we just need to make sure. He stays hydrated and stuff, and then it's only fifteen minutes. The the reality is, it's only fifteen minutes, but um, it's definitely something you, he's going to have to factor into the mental side of his game and be prepared for. Hmm. And uh, James, with that being said, buddy, what? Uh, sorry, Glenn, I should say. What? What? What's your take on this island? Is it? Is it something you're looking forward to? Is it? Is it something you think is a, a positive move for the UFC? Yes. If it didn't, I think they would have lost a lot, lost a lot of fans, and the reason I'm saying that. Is so if we've got some casuals who only just got into MMA for M, uh, for McGregor and they started watching fights, if we, they hadn't had any fights for like three months and another sport has come back, they might just started watching other sports and forgot the MMA. But now with this, nothing else is on, they started watching it, they're interested again, it might just keep people going for it as well. So, James, question for you back to what time are they going to be fighting out there then? If he's early on the card, is it like really early in the morning now? Will he be start having a fight at like four o'clock in the morning out there? <laughs> No, I think it'll be it'll be maybe the equivalent of four or five o'clock dinner time there. Uh, so the time difference will, will obviously apply. Um, normally, normally what would happen with with these is we try and go earlier. Like when whenever Danny fought in Johannesburg, we used to go for like fourteen days or maybe even more just to get used to stuff. But with the current situation, it's not like you can ask for an extra extra time there or whatever. So once. Once we get an idea of the running order and stuff, we can figure out exactly what time Danny's going to be fighting it, and then we can adjust it, run about the time difference and stuff. I know um, with Danny travelling to fight a lot, that stuff doesn't bother him. He's, it, it affects some guys more than others, but his his mindset, it's like, it's it's just 15 minutes that can happen any time during the day under any circumstances with him. He's, he's really strong mentally that way, um, but I, I kind of look into it more than him, so... Once we get an idea of the running order, I think he's going to be pretty early just because of the, the strength of the rest of that card. So mm-hmm. um, we can kind of figure out what time he's, he's, he's there. And then when we get there for fight week, we'll, we'll try and get a couple of light workouts run about the time he's fighting and then try and get him to tailor his sleep run about it. But there's not really much we can do with it, to, to be honest. Um, you, usually we could get access to some of the universities. I've got like... Uh, Cha- like acclimatising chambers and stuff like that to train but 
everything's shut the now. So it's it's basically we're opening the gym for for his sessions, um, and then we'll just have to deal with the the kind of external circumstances, the environment, shit when we get there. Yeah, it's very exciting though, isn't it? Like I, it's one of those things. I know it's not like the island kind of end of the dragon we expected, but it's still like like Katie said, it's it's super exciting to think that yeah. these guys are going out to fight there, fight during this lockdown. Especially being on that card, I think. Um, yeah. It's, it's the first one that's a massive card, but you'll never get a chance to do that again, I don't think. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, some, some amazing fights coming up. Obviously, UFC fans and MMA fans are very blessed in terms of what we've got coming up in terms of professional fights. But obviously, that takes us back nicely now on to the second part of our show, which was pick, picking up the, the next generation of fighters who might be taking part on these big cards. Uh, the pro, the pro fighters we wanted to mention, and uh, guys, guys, you might be wanting to look for in the next couple of months. So, Katie Hunter, I'm going to come to you first this time, Matt. Southeast, who's who's the pros we should be looking out for, Katie, in the next year or two? So, I've gone a bit rogue with this one because she's actually Norwegian, but she's she's fought on the uh, K Droids Academy Southeast card um, a couple of times, and she's just blown me away. Ivana Siric has not had uh, a pro fight yet, but if I tell you that she beat uh, Glenn's, Glenn's teammate, Stephanie Evans, and the girl that I just mentioned, Chanel Dyer, her only losses to Ivana, just the caliber of those two girls shows you what level Ivana must be at. And she's just so well-rounded and just really accomplished as a, a martial artist. She's great in front of the camera. She's Norwegian, but she speaks really good English. She's a stunning girl. Like, you could just see that she's the full package in, in every way, but most importantly, in the cage. And, and for her to beat those two girls who I hold in really, really high esteem... To me, it just it speaks volumes about her. Um, but yeah, just another a girl who I just think is is really going places. That's my last girl, I promise. Yeah, no, it's it's good. It's good, Katie. You like the game mixture, you know. <laughs> who's you who's your next one? one? Yeah, do, okay. do your next one, Katie. Do your next one. So I limited myself to only one teammate. <laughs> so I probably <laughs> upset everyone else in the gym. Um, but he's 11 and 2, so he's he's not exactly, you know, the, new to, to the MMA scene, Emra Sommers. Um, I'm saying him because I don't feel like he's um, had, a, had the opportunity to make the splash as much as he would have done by now if circumstances had gone differently. Um, he's been really unlucky with pullouts and stuff with opponents. So he's ended up fighting people who aren't the calibre of the person that he originally took the fight against that would have really made an impression on people. He also <laughs> had a horrible ACL injury. So one of his two losses was actually when he tore his ACL in a fight in Italy. Um, so he was out for a year then. Then he was supposed to be fighting Aidan Stephen on the Cage Warriors London card, the the one one three cards that ended up being moved to Manchester and being held behind closed doors, and he got really really ill that week and like had to pull out of the fight, which I know would have absolutely devastated him. 
Um, he's so hungry and so ready. Um, and I thought that would be a huge opportunity because I really rate Aiden as well. And I thought whoever walks away with that win is really making a statement because the other, you know, is so good. And it's still a fight that I desperately want to see. Um, because Aiden then went on and dominated his fight because he had a replacement opponent. I feel like it would be a really, really good fight for, for both of them and, and we'd get to see who, who walks away victorious. He Aiden also fought another one of my teammates, Steve Amable, and I knew from the second that fight was announced, I knew it was going to be the fight of the night. And I would just love for Emma to get the praise that I think he deserves and the eyeballs on him. He's fought once for Cage Warriors already, um, and he won, um, but he was unhappy with his performance because he, he felt like he ground out a victory. And he did the, the sensible and intelligent thing, um, but he wanted to make more of a statement on his Cage Warriors debut. To anyone else, it looked like a really good fight, but, but to him, he wasn't happy with it. And I could say that about all of these people. They're really critical of their own performances, even when they win. Yeah, no, fair play. Two, two very good picks there, Kate. I've heard you, I've heard you talk about that, Emma, a lot of times. So, yeah, I'm I glad, glad to go my, my my one to pick, like since 2017. But like yeah. he's been, he has been unlucky with injuries and stuff. So, yeah, I can't wait to see him back in there. Yeah, and uh, Glenn, how about you, buddy? Who's who's your two pros you picking? Right, I'm going to go on a bit now, right? Because I'm going to be uh, a hashtag name-dropping <laughs> wanker. But um, I should, like, so Jack Tucker and Scott Pedersen was a very good amateur careers. They're ready to step over the pro now, but they keep getting fights put off or whatever. So they're, but they're already, for me, they already got their name out there. Everyone knows who they are. Um, Steph, I probably should have mentioned as an amateur. Like, I'm not sure what's going to happen to her in the future, but she's not my teammate anymore. <laughs> you know what? I didn't know that. No, she left with the Christie's Academy. I think she left there now, so not because she were, but when she applies herself, she's brilliant. Like, but again, you know, I'm not sure what's gonna happen with her. Yeah. But yeah, we got there's loads of like pros now with like under five fights, so just breaking up the scene and just like getting it. So my first one is a teammate of mine is Struan Croxon. Um but again, he's had like I think it's eighteen months out now, um, through injuries and just not applying himself. Um, I think when I decide what I'm finally doing, if I, if I don't fight it, I think I'll just help him and concentrate on helping him because he, he's the type of person that needs somebody to go, right, then come on, do this. Or, right, you're going up to you next week to train here. But when he switches on, he is quality. He, his only loss is against um, Mary Ayan, the one that drew against Joe McColgan. That was on Budo. Um, Struan dropped him in the first round and that Mary's footwork just got outside him. And that was probably one of the fights, uh, the stand-up fights, best stand-up fights I've probably seen live. It was brilliant, to be fair. Um, yeah, he fought on Cage Warriors. He fought Michael Koss on Cage Warriors and just dominated him and with, with dressing, etc. So, yeah, when Struan gets a good string of fights together and some good training through like being injury-free, he is quality. Um, and the other guy is from Matt Academy. Um, he come, so, I've been trying to help other people come down to the gym and help spar the boys as much as I can. And... Uh, Ben Ellis, Ben Ellis is brilliant. He came down to the gym and watching him and Struan, Struan sparring. <coughs> you, you, could, you could have paid to watch it. It, it. it was, for the untrained fan, it would have been boring, but the wrestling, I was like, 
and to try and help them. But like, I just think it's tell them it's brilliant. The best name is so good. Ben, I got a massive, massive future, I believe. Could possibly be the first UFC fighter from uh, Matt Academy if he doesn't go down the belt to Rupert Liu. But you've you've just only got to see how hard he works and you know his aura when he's training and just everything about him. I think he has a massive, massive future. But again, I, I could go on so much with the pros. Like, like your obvious choices from SMMA, who've got an amazing team, like all bands or you know they're already trading tested he doesn't need me or anyone else talking about him to tell him but his future he does an amazing job of that himself I mean like um with uh Aiden James from Chris's Academy is another good little cracker but they're already trading tested so yeah. my two picks are Ben Ellis and Struan Croxon. Yeah and um to be to be honest with you Glenn we've we've kind of got ended up going over each other here because Ben Ellis is is the obvious choice. I was go- I was going to mention Ben as well. He's he's re- yeah. he's obviously the- he was the Cage Warriors Amateur Champion for Wales. Um, he's obviously then gra- kind of graduated out of that. I think yeah he, he had a string of wins at amateur, then came through, and he I think he's two or three and zero at pro now, and he's just been absolutely dominant. True. He's a, a great great wrestler, good striker, and um, yeah I, I would agree he's he's got a very very bright future. So everyone keep a sh- keep an eye out for Ben Ellis. Um, the the other one, I, which was kind of a, a a guy who's been, they've been pitted against each other quite a, quite a lot, is Jordan Peake, who fights out of SMMA. Um, mm. Jordan Peake is is another guy who's a featherweight. He was also the champion. He graduated kind of into the pros just before um, Ben, but that's another guy. He's he's one and one. Jordan Peake, and these are two guys. I think if they they want to face off, I know Jordan's coming off his first loss, but I think these guys want to face off to see who's kind of the best. The best featherweight at that at that level in Wales, and I, I think that's a good fight. And these two guys are both guys that I would like to shout out and say keep an eye out because even if even whoever wins, whoever loses, they they're both guys who's who've got a big future. I'd rather get that done now, right? Because it can only mean good for them training together in the future. They train together now; they're not going to want to fight in the future. Let's, let's yeah. get, get that fight done because it's inevitable it's going to happen, <laughs> and then they can help each other out. Because the, I, I see the gyms in Wales. I start them to help each other out a lot more. But if there's somebody in the gym that I can potentially fight, they're not going to go there and train there. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I think definitely. if they get that done, get it. Okay, one loss. One of them's got to lose. One loss in the record might, but losses don't mean nothing these days. It's quality and, you know, obviously if you're, you're, what's what you're looking for. If you build yourself up, then that, that, that helps as well. But the yeah. loss doesn't really count against you anymore. And the last one I wanted to mention as well was one you, you mentioned briefly was Jack Tucker. Um, Jack obviously just—he's not had a pro fight yet. I think he's—he had a nine and three record, I believe, at, at amateur. He was also the Cage Warriors Wales amateur right. champion. So uh, let me just have a look. Yeah, nine nine three and old Jack Tucker was a a, ve- a very very good fight. There, everyone at the gym raves about how good this guy is. He's he's big, he's strong, he's a great grappler, and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to see him make his pro debut and, and make some waves in that in that division. So that's another shout out, one to watch out for. Honourable mention for Jack Tucker from uh, Shaw's Mixed Martial Arts. Uh, so yeah, James, obviously the only one left now with Scotland. What what uh, pro guys should we be looking for up there, buddy? Um, I think we've already mentioned Aiden earlier, but he's he's fairly well established now. I think mm. he's, I think they still see the best of him, but um, <coughs> I think once he gets everything in place in terms of his He's working. He's and having a full time job and training. Yeah, he's quite, he's quite secluded away up in the north of Scotland, but he's he's got so much potential. I think, but he's already at Cage Warriors. Um, 
if you'd asked me six months ago, I'd have said Luke Shanks, but he's like he's at position now. His next fights for the Cage Warriors World Title, so yeah. he's, he's kind of went past prospect <laughs> now. Um, so my my two picks will be we've got a guy up here called Stevie McIntosh, a seventy kilo fighter. He's six and one. Um, he's he's similar to to what Katie was saying. He's been very unlucky. He'd, he'd matched on M One Global in China. Um, they, they fucked him about with the opponent, so the, the fight never happened on the week. Uh, he got a call before for Bellator, the Newcastle show. He was matched with Alfie Davis for about maybe half an hour and then broke his hand uh, in sparring. Um, so he just needs a break on a big show now. Um, we've been in talk with a couple with, with Bellator, we've, we've been in talk with Cage Warriors and, and EFC in South Africa. so He's he's definitely my next guy. He's a wee bit older. He's I think he's maybe thirty now. He's like a he's like a probably the hardest spar for any of the guys in the gym. Just style wise, a big tall, very very good distance and timing, and and he's a slick grappler as well. Um, so he's my main guy. It's 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 beginning. It's starting to become a bit of a personal quest for me to get this guy on a decent show and get him recognised just because of the work he's put in. And then my second pick. Is we've got a young, a young kid called Keir Harvey. I think he's twenty-one. He's three and zero now. Um, he's just moved up to featherweight. He was fighting in bantamweight before. He's quite a big amateur background, um, and he's just really starting to develop. And he's like a, he'd, a, he'd a bunch of ideas before, like bits and pieces. But he's really starting to put his game together now at pro. Um, super composed, technical uh, everywhere, um, and and a hard worker. So. That would be my, my two picks. We've got a couple other guys up here who, who are due to turn pro. A kid called Kieran Reid, who's 8-0, I think, at amateur. Um, who's a, he's a frightening grappler, and I think pro rules will set him better at, at bantamweight. So he'd be my honourable mention. I think he'll probably be, once we can get back to work, he can, he can be looking to turn pro. Um, but my, my two pro picks would be Keir Harvey, who's 3-0, and Stevie McIntosh, who's 6-1. Yeah. James, for all these guys we've just mentioned, obviously you, you, you've coached a lot of fighters in your time. What would yeah. you say is is the difference between someone who sort of fizzles out after a good amateur career and someone who really takes it on and becomes like a Stevie Ray, Danny Henry kind of kind of fighter? What, what would you say is that the main factor in that? Um, see, the, the three fighters I've got coached to the UFC, so if we class that as kind of elite level, so the Joanne was the first one, Calderwood. And then Stevie, then Danny, they're, they're single-minded. Like, not they sacrifice just more than everybody else. Like, to the point where, like, everyone else gets put to the side for them. Um, that they are, jo- Joanne never had an amateur career. She had she had all her tie fights, went straight to pro because she was a world tie boxing champion. Danny had a bunch of amateur fights. And, and Stevie, I think, rattled at something like nine in his first year of training and then turned pro. So... They, they knew that they wanted to be pro, they knew they were in the amateur ranks to learn, so they were, it was just a process of getting better, getting experience, and then it was almost like starting with a clean slate when they got to yeah. to pro, so they, they knew the importance of the amateur ranks, uh, much in the same way that, that most of our good amateurs do now, they, they're not afraid to go and make mistakes, they'll take hard fights at amateur, they'll not, they'll not try and pad a record and stuff like mm. that. Yeah, no, it's... It's great. Like I said, there's, there's just so much talent coming through. And I hope, you know, for the sake of British MMA, that we can keep pushing them through because it, it seems to be spiralling. So, like I said, I hope, hope we get more guys who, who push onto that UFC and, 
and we get a lot more people to cheer on and ultimately talk about on these shows. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's good for all of us. So, yeah, Katie Hunter, what j- just closing on that? I mean, is is there any sort of things you notice? You obviously you train up with your guys. What what's the what's the kind of differences you notice? You you train a little bit with Molly. You train with with girls just starting. Is is there anything you would sort of add to that? I haven't trained with Molly before, um, but used to train um, at the same gym as Corey. Um, yeah, just I, I think it is how focused and driven they are. Like some people make it their whole world, and even on the amateur scene now, that's that's what's scary. Like people ask if I'll have another fight after my Wimpy Warrior fight, and I'm like come along to one of these shows and see the level <laughs> that these people are at and see how seriously they're taking it and like what they're putting into it is it's just insane and yeah that's what it takes you've got to be that single-minded and and some people want other things in their life and they just won't get to well they'll find a ceiling of of where they're at and then you've got these other crazy people who are willing to dedicate their whole lives to it yeah and well another thing i want to ask because one of my favorite amateur fights i've watched was with our very own glenn sledge williams mm-hmm. and uh big jamie mcdonald in strike and submit i want to know glennie are you ever going to make that jump and go pro or are you you think of riding out uh, an amateur and leaving it there I think I'm finishing full stop, you know. So, um, so I, I, I'm currently injured again. A minute, I'm doing some training on my own, and then as soon as I'm putting like an odd week together, my back keeps going. So, if my back heals tidy in the next few months, then I'd like two more to finish my amateur career. As you know, Lou, I've always wanted a pair of yellow gloves. I got a yeah. pair there that I pinched off Rango, but I wanted <laughs> to earn my own yellow gloves. But um, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm 36 in a couple of months. So I didn't start MMA and didn't start training martial arts until I was 30. So yeah. for me to sort of, I think, I think it'd be pointless me turning pro unless I sort of had that, you know, second wind of the drive. But I, I, I don't know, who knows? As it is now, I just like to get my two fights to round it off the 10 amateur fights and just go from there. I'd love to finish back in the line once strike the summit again, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, but it was a good mean, show. Mate, how amazing was I looking up the crowd and like every person in this everyone standing up clapping but it was amazing yeah and uh, James as well I've got James Hamilton has just commented uh, Reese McEwen has just turned pro and he's a very bright future yeah um, he's a good kid man um, I think he's a good amateur career I think his only loss was to Lewis Lee Scott um, and he, he turned pro I think he'd won one amateur fight defended he's on top belt and then turned amateur but he's he's a brilliant kid but he's a he's a an example of what we're talking about. Super dedicated. I think he's finished uni, got a degree, and then he works in a gym in Glasgow, um, just making enough money to train twice a day. He's got a strength yeah. conditioning coach. He's he's got somebody helping him with his diet and his weight cuts. Like that's like, he's he's been a professional fighter even when he was one or two fights deep into his amateur career. Um, but he's he's a very talented kid. He's young as well, so he's got a massive future. Yeah, no, brilliant. And a big shout out to all those guys we've mentioned tonight as well. I'm sure all of them are going to go on big things. Sorry, I didn't say my honourable mentions when we were going through. Can I just read you some out? Katie, go go for it, Katie. Okay, so amateur-wise, George Tanasa from my gym. um, He's son of Dracula. He's such a character. (laughs) He's so exciting to watch fight. Yuki and Dengbei. 
um, won the the bantamweight amateur tournament at Cage Royce Academy Southeast. These guys had three fights in one night, and like that one, the fight between him and George, one fight of the night as well, is epic. Jimmy Quinn is a teammate of Riri Hudson at the MMA clinic. Shoreful Islam we had on the rock card. Um, he also trains at the MMA clinic, but in Angel. Mahuddin Abu Bakr, I've, he's 11 and 2, and probably everyone's already heard of him <laughs> anyway, but I think he'll be turning pro soon. He is phenomenal, and he's won every amateur belt and done IMAF, and he, he's just awesome. Um, and Vadimus Gazutis, who's also doing some training with Brad Pickett and GB Top Team, as well as his gym, Stronger. And then on the pro circuit, people to look out for, Lonnie Kavanagh and Charlotte McIntyre. They are the MMA power couple. She's had a pro debut on Bellator and absolutely destroyed the guy, uh, girl she was fighting. Um, Lonnie's amazing as well. Nick Bagley's just made a successful start to his pro career, 1-0. and um, Those guys all train with Brad. Um, Lee Mitchell from my gym is 3-1. and one. He broke his hand in his pro debut, like the very first exchange, um, and he was fighting Liam Gittin. So that one didn't go his way. He's won every fight since then. Luke Trainer is just about to make his Bellator debut. He's supposed to be in London. Um, he won the uh, EFN uh, um, tournament put on by John Kavanagh, um, and I think I think it was an eight-man tournament, and and he won that as a light heavyweight to win the Bellator contract. And Jack Eglin, who's just made a successful pro debut as well, one and zero, also came through the Cage Royce Academy Southeast BCMMA uh, talent train. They just like churn yeah. them out there, but. Yeah, a very Big extensive, a very guys. extensive list there, Katie. Putting Glenn, putting Glenn to shame there, Katie, with our uh, <laughs> extensive <laughs> and well-researched list. <laughs> so yeah, guys. First of all, I just want to say a big thank you to all the guests for joining me tonight. Uh, James, best of luck out in Fight Island, buddy. Where, where can people get you on uh, social media, James? Um, I think the gym's just higher level. Martial yeah. Arts, Instagram and Facebook. Um, I think that's about it. Higher level podcast as well. I better mention that for James Hamilton. Yeah, uh, big, <laughs> big, big shout out, James Hamilton. Cut that bit out. We're not advertising another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's about it, man. That's about it. Yeah, fair play. Katie Hunter, always a pleasure. Re- you, I, th- I feel like you really you really earned your keep with our last, our last list going off there. <laughs> I don't, now I feel awful to anyone I missed out. But before we went, <laughs> we talk about Glenn. You wanted to talk about local shows, didn't you? And like the ones that we're super excited to see come back. Yeah, like 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 I I, I can't emphasize how much I'm into grassroots MMA. I mean, the kids warriors are already tried and tested on here. We know we're putting down the other shows, but we know they're the best show around <laughs> our area. So let's be honest, everyone knows that. So they're like um, adrenaline uh, fight nights. They put on some. Like, uh, KGB got some great stand-up guys, and you know they are good for grassroots. So is Bildo. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if John Phillips' show is coming back, but I'm actually looking for building forward. Bildo Wales coming back. I mean, it's, it's going to be two years since it's been out. So when I start again, because the gyms around here are so busy now, um, this, they, they're going to be a filter for you, like the Cage Warriors is and the big shows. 
to want to. So I think the first Bodo Worlds, I think, will be stacked of local talent. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, brilliant. James, any, any sort of shows up there you wanted to give a shout out? We have uh, Budo comes up here as well a couple of times a year, which is always yeah. good, man. Um, the main the main show up here is on top, obviously. It's one of the longer running ones. It's one of the better ones. Um, I'm still Bachelor Arena was due to go there as well, wasn't it? Yeah, they had a show booked in April, um, which we're looking with some guys on there. And I'm constantly pressed on Ian Dean and Graham Boylan to bring Cage Warriors back. Yeah. One day, is, one day, it's gonna happen. I'm like, sure, James. It's, it's, uh, there's so many good fighters up there now. It's, it's, it can't be far off. I don't think. Oh, yeah. let me ask you a lot the question then. So you see, you see, like Bildu got shows down here. They got shows in Manchester. Um, now, me personally, I'd rather rather than having a Bildu year and calling a Bildu Manchester, call it something else. Don't be be a standalone organization and stick to your area. I'd rather. And then rather than like trying to filter each other over and send each other fighters, find your own fighters and then use your club as a feeder then to put them on the big shows. That's what I would rather. I know in an ideal world that's never gonna happen. Like but I'd rather like um you know, Psych and Smith, the people that's one, that's never gonna have a franchise, that's never gonna get anywhere else if it starts again. But I'd rather just start your own up, don't be affiliated with anything else and stick to your local area. That's my that's my view anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the running of it is a big factor in that as well, though, Glenn. It's like yeah, the, and these franchises, they're so, they're so good at setting up and they have so much resources behind them. That That's kind of what happens then when they start putting up different places. But I think organisation-wise, it, it it must be tough to, to just put on a show like that. So I, I, I do, and I see how much work Kevin Cox put into striking some you know, pull-out after pull-out, and he had no one to turn to for backup fight there. Chris Clark, um, I mean, Dino Gamatessa will have a pull-out on uh, Pudo. Like in the morning, and Chris Clark has already got a guy on the way down in a car to, to fill it in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kevin Cox didn't have that. Didn't have that um, uh, luxury. He had to look for messages anywhere himself to chase stuff up. So I understand the pros and cons of it, but I I like you know I, I'd like to be just one stand the one. That's 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 all I want. I know it probably never work though. But. We we uh, I, I promoted about thirty five shows I think. Um, oh yeah. Back in the day. In- we we've started putting them on just to get our guys fights local, and yes. it got to it got to a stage where in Scotland when when we couldn't match our guys with local guys anymore, so we started having to fly in guys from France and Ireland and, and Sweden and stuff. So the the cost it just started snowballing, um, mm. and it got it was stressful as shit. Like um, <laughs> it, it was yeah. problematic, man. But Scotland could do with more events. To be fair, so no, the, no, the, no, no, I sorry, know James Wall. James Wallace of Adrenaline Fight Nights, he got a big rep with Sweden and uh, it's easier for him to, because Sweden's, um, Sweden's amateur team are funded by the government. So yeah. they all get paid the train for, in, in, to go towards AMAF. I'm not sure the, the, the details, but he finds it easier to first and foremost ask them for the fighters they send them over and he'll try and match them over here. And, and, and if he finds that a lot easier, a lot less stressful, because he knows they're all training and they're not going to pull out. And if they do pull out, it's a genuine injury. So yeah. you know, he, he he rather is that side of it, and he thinks it's much easier to match them than trying to find people everywhere to match his own. They're just easier to deal with. There, guys are so much more professional and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean, the, the in, in some terms anyway. Um, and the Irish guys and the French are the same. The, well, the French couldn't fight. It's still illegal in France for a while, so yeah. they guys were dying to come over. But in terms of the promotion side, when we, we stupidly, or not stupidly, we, we paid the amateur guys straight out the gates, but it's because it was like, it was your own fighters. Um, and then 
the, the cost just racked up with hotels, flights for the, the fighter, the corner man, the person, and then gain them like a pair of DM for the time they were here and stuff, man. But it's a it's a hard hard game promoting. Yeah, Katie, any uh, any shows you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, obviously I've mentioned Cage Warriors Academy <laughs> Southeast about a hundred times. That's my head coach who uh, who puts on that show, and I, I think it's the best around. But I also want to shout out Fight Star, um, which is in in London, in Brentford, West London. Um, and it's a great show put on by Raj Singh. And you can just tell the the quality of a show by the gyms they've got on the card and the fighters they've got on the card. And he always matches a really, really good card. And it's just a great opportunity for, for all the amateurs. Normally topped off with a, a pro fight or a couple of pro fights. But, um, yeah, it was supposed to be the first fight star Manchester this Saturday, just gone. So, um, thinking of you, Raj, and uh, yeah, can't wait to get back to one of these events soon. I got a crazy question for both of you. How many gyms are on by you then? Because we've started, you know, there's a lot of gyms that are on by us. I, I just assumed there's like that every, everywhere. How many gyms are on by you, James? And because you mentioned how far the boys got to travel back and forth to the gym. Um, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I reckon there's maybe there's less than fifteen MMA gyms in the whole of Scotland. I think yeah. um, you've got predominantly they're they're based in Glasgow. We're we're kind of right in between Glasgow and Edinburgh. I know there's a couple. I don't think they've got any fighters. To be fair, every now and again a fighter comes for the gyms, but there's only really there's only really maybe four or five like gyms that are consistent. Yeah, mm. like doing it right, consistent guys. Um, but it's it's not as big as what people think in Scotland. For for the level of guys you've got coming out of Scotland, like you've got the the guys that are in the UFC, then you've got Ross Houston away to Bellator, you've got Chris Duncan doing really well at Bellator, Robert Whiteford's at Bellator, then Callum Murray just fought in Bellator for the level of fighters are putting it as a percentage of the people doing the sport in the country is, is pretty frightening. But it's not massive in Scotland, man. I think Wales has definitely got a much healthier scene than Scotland. And I know for a fact England has. What about you, Katie? Uh, I'd say quite a lot, but purely because my area probably encompasses London as well. So, like on that Fright Star show, that is in West London. So you've you've literally got all of the gyms in the whole of London, as well as Essex, Kent, all the surrounding areas. Um, so th- yeah, there's there's a ton of amazing gyms on all of those cards. Like, yeah, there's there's loads around by us. I mean, I started doing that fight that's profile series and tried tried off the top of my head thinking of gyms to get one from each gym and I and just keep missing any. I think right, this is my last one now, last one up another gym or last one next week up another one. And I've still got loads <laughs> I haven't done yet. So I didn't realise yeah. how many gyms there was around by us. Which is obviously a good thing. And like that's the yeah. grassroots, the more we push, the more successful Bellator, the UFC or KJ's fighters we're gonna produce. So yeah, it's definitely a good scene down here. Yes, it is good. I think I think Wales has benefited a lot from Cage Warriors, though the, the fact that they've come in and put on these big shows. I think that's kind of that's kind of spread down through to a lot of the smaller shows and smaller gyms. So I I do think a lot of that is from from that. And obviously, having the likes of like Jack Shaw, who's got a, a massive following, he's really caught people's imagination. Um, and Oban Elliott now is picking that up, Mason Jones. So uh, Brett I, Jones I, as well. Yeah, Brett. I mean. 
I think Brett was kind of probably a little bit ahead of Jack in that sense. He, he won the Cage Wars belt a, a, a good while back now, I think, wasn't it? I don't yeah. can't remember exactly what year, but I think since Jack has come on the scene and they've put these big shows in Wales, it, it really has pushed the scene as a whole. There's a lot more people talking about it, a lot more people kind of speaking about it. And, that, and that's great for people like Brett, who's who's been grinding it out even a, sort of a little bit before that, because now he's getting that recognition as well down here. And um, yeah, like you said, it's it's great down here at the minute. And uh, I think if it's that Corey, Cage, Corey yeah, another one. Like I said, I think with with Scotland though, I think if you get a couple of big shows up there, like a Bellator, I think a we missed the, we missed the UFC not coming last year because yeah. they're here they're here 2015, then 17, and we automatically assumed they'd be here 2019, and they they, they patched us. Um, so I think we could do them back and, and definitely Cage Warriors yeah. back. I, I was up there for the last Glasgow car and it was br- it was brilliant up in that hydro. Absolutely cracking yeah. atmosphere. Re- really yeah, no, good night. No disrespect to you, James. You just mentioned yourself now that you're possibly behind us on the terms of the MMA scene down here. And we said I'm not a USC. And the way Shaky explains why, I mean, it doesn't look like we're going to have one for a while either, which is a bit gutting, to be honest with you. But um, we can only dream, can we? We'd like, I'd love one down in <laughs> Wales, I would. Oh, question. You, you mentioned Brett was on our conference call, James. Have you announced he's on Fight, uh, Fight Island yet, though? I'm I just tried looking at my phone, no way I'm found in it. I've seen a couple of his Twitter things and he was putting up wee islands and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen him, but uh, you mentioned a fight, actually. He wants yeah. to fight, doesn't he? He wants to fight, but I don't think he's going to be anything announced. Who do you yeah, think is a good th- fight in there for him? Would be no. Corey Santagan. Yeah, 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 both fought hard. Put, put, put him right back into the, the top end of that division. Let's go. I didn't think of that. That's a cracker. I would have gone... Um, I'd love to see that fight. Yeah. I would have gone uh, Sugar Son O'Malley. They're both yeah. quite in the year. I think Brett would and, beat him just now, man. And I do. And the reason I think it might, it might even happen is because he's had his running his mouth about money. Like, I think the UFC have been feeding him strikers because as a strike guy, he's got a good range and he can knock people out. But I, I, I can't, can't off the top of my head think of anyone that's put him on his back yet. And Brett will put him on his back. And I think he'll yeah. grind out there. Uh, I don't think they want to derail the hype train. No. Well, if he's calling for I more money, if I can do really it, if he's given, <laughs> if, if he's given that about money, if, if, if he's given that about money and, and and being a bit of a dickhead, do really it, fuck him, <laughs> fuck him, and you know they're gonna go right then. We've looked after you, you know, you know, use your head now, or, or we'll give you a wrestler. Simple as that. I have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so all good fights. But yeah, guys. I mean, I, I don't know if I've missed anything else. Katie, is is there anything else we wanted to to bring up before we wrap this one up? No, I just I thought this was hilarious because nobody could understand Jamie when he was on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie McDonald wants the subtitle. I, I did. I did want to um so try and pick the super fight for our for our um uh, prospects, but I don't think we'd have enough time because of the way we're talking about it, we'd go on forever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I will mention... Oh, go on, Glenn, I, I, I go work in the morning as well, so we can't go until 12 <laughs> o'clock. Really. So, some of us are not on furlough, Sledge. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but there we are, guys. Big thank you for joining me tonight. It was a great chat and a big shout out to all those guys we mentioned. Really... Really wish them all the best for the future and look forward to seeing those next generation of fighters. And, and if anyone through. who's active on social media would 
do us a favor and follow these guys we mentioned because they're gonna they're gonna yeah. need the promotions and this is the reason we've mentioned them. It's because yeah. they're not big fans, you know, they haven't got a big fan base, they're in the gyms working hard, so they haven't got a chance to be talking like we are here and praise themselves up. So I'm doing it for them. Give us a give them a follow and uh, keep an eye on for us, please. And on that note, follow MMA UK on our social media channels as well because yeah, uh, and subscribe <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is live on Facebook and Twitter, so hopefully you're you're following us there. And thank you to our sponsors again, Fight Fuel. Hashtag yeah. name dropping market. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> name well, dropping market. Hashtag. Thank you very much, guys. And uh, Katie Hunter, if you would do the honours, you've you've done a wonderful job with the tech side of it this evening. And um, I can't wait to have a glass of wine yeah. after. <laughs> we look forward to the next one, guys. We'll see you all soon. Bye. Thanks, have a nice Danny. day, Nice to meet you, James. Tramit. See you, mate.